All right, family. I am so excited to be here on episode seven. Seven is a number for completion. And this moment would not be complete without none other than Nikki Watson. She is the founder of Future Successors. I am your host, Janelle Haynes, the principal owner of Just Be LLC and also a proud president of Eagle 7 Early Risers Toastmasters group in District 14. And so today I have Miss Nikki Watson, who's going to share about her vision and her dream for youth and then also how she got here. Just briefly, I met Nikki because she is doing some phenomenal things in the community for youth, specifically for middle and high school students. And occasionally she stretches her arms to our elementary children and, and shares lots of her gifts and her vision for building more CEOs and uh, also just entrepreneurs specifically for the African-American community. So Nikki, if you would, Tell us briefly, what's your elevator speech? My elevator speech, um, we always change it all the time, right? But my elevator speech is, I work for Futures Assessor. It's a nonprofit organization that teach inner city youth, that's middle school, high school, about entrepreneurship and leadership. We also lead them into corporate settings as well as give them solid mentors. And we introduce them to the game of golf because most business deals are done on the golf course. Love it. So true. My daughter has been a beneficiary of that opportunity through Future Successor. So I'm glad to hear more about it and definitely glad that you decided to combine those two so that you can provide the opportunities for kids to not only be in that space, but also operate in that space from a social aspect and have the context for how business is done generally in those C-suites. Would you agree that that's, that generally happens in that space and more often than not, it's not in the office space? Yes, um, as when I when I start playing golf, um, it's just a different lifestyle. It gives you a different way of thinking, especially when it comes to boardroom and making deals. Like sometimes you won't get it, but if you keep trying, keep trying, your game will get better as it goes. And then when you're still trying, you will fall back because sometimes you won't hit that right shot, but you will hit that shot. And along the way, people that are with you and your foursome or just coming along and having a good time on the golf course, you will have fun. And they always say the, the 19th hole is the best hole. That's after you played that whole 18 rounds. Absolutely. That's probably one of my family members' favorite spots, specifically my husband. <laughs> oh, just a great time for those that are partaking in that experience. So, you know, it's so exciting to have you here for a number of reasons. One, because there are very few people that I meet that kind of meet my level of energy and excitement Specifically, when I mean, you know, I keep it's funny. I've interviewed quite a few people. I've been in a lot of spaces and I think the pandemic brought out a lot of introverts conversation, introverted conversations <clears throat> or conversations about yeah. people who are introverted. And it just kind of made me wonder about myself. Like, man, was I, I feel like I'm pretty extrovert. Like, what's up the chain? Like, what? <laughs> I well, I think that I have some introvert in me because sometimes you got to reserve that energy, that potential energy, because, you know, we burst out. But I like to bring it back sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. No, I think you absolutely, I think we know, and I say we intentionally, I think we both know how to do that. But I think what's so cool, and I think part of the connection is the fact that we get excited in those moments where it's time to be excited because we know that something is going to happen as a result of that level of excitement, right? We're talking about mm -hmm. you, your impact on youth 
and who wouldn't get excited about impacting the future? So if you were to talk or expand on just that thought and your excitement around it, you know, where does that story begin for you? Where did you decide that this is the space you wanted to help and, and kind of nurture? Well, since I was just to me getting to know who I am, I always like to help people. Um, I always like to be around positive people, no negativity. Um, growing up in inner city, um, in inner city, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. People are like, oh, that's not city, but no, it's city enough. We got a good population there. We have we have problems. <laughs> <laughs> we have problems, but um, just growing up, I always been around positive people, want to have positive things because one thing that I learned um, at a young age, I saw a lot of death around me, not saying people get shot all the time, um, but just death and um, just seeing people's life is cut, cut short. And so that made me want to like, okay, I want to have fun. I want to be energetic. So that was with me. And then when I got older, being an adult and going off to college, I went to South Carolina State. And then after South Carolina State, I went to Washington, D.C., and I saw people, um, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, meaning black people. And I've always been positive. I've always been wanting to know what's going on, but I didn't see a lot of black people wanting to interlock or intersect with other people. And I was like, why is that? And it was just taken back because that's how you can learn from people. That's how you can grow from people. You learn and um, go to different groups and get to know what they're doing. And I think that happened when I went to high school. Um, my whole high school tenure, I was around nothing but like white people. It's 80, 20. But yes, I hope my black people, but I was intrigued. Like, what are the white people doing? So they were always interested in business. They always had something called social. It was a social club that they had their they had their teenagers a part of. They learn about business etiquette and stuff that they do on the out realm because I used to always hear growing up, oh, all my father told me is I just need to go to college and that's it. Yeah, because they work at a company, they can put them somewhere or they own the company. So I didn't have that um, growing up, but I always was listening, listening. So when I got to Washington, D.C., and I saw people, um, I saw, the good, like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. Black people doing great, which is good. Black people just getting over, so that's the bad. And black people just, just can't do it. And that was the ugly. And I was like, if these black people just can talk to each other, get to know each other, get to know what they're doing over here in the government, and maybe they can, you know, they said pull back and give back to others and show them the way to go. So when I um, learned when I was in D.C. that, hey, you need to have mentors. You need to have several mentors to help you out, to guide you along the way of being um, successful. And then as that, and just going around and knowing other people, how the way they think and how the way they live, and that's when you got to network. So a lot of people my age didn't take advantage of networking while we're in school or while we're in college. Like we were having fun, but let's get to know those people and know what their strong suits are and what their weaknesses are, as well as when we go to corporate America. Let's get to know those people and know what they do and um, get to know their strong suits and their weak their weaknesses. So it's all about teaching those kids how to be more marketable let's say that while they're growing up and um, learning what they want to do in life and while they're being marketable bring that team along and teach them because it's a quote from Booker T. Washington that says it's easier to raise stronger children than to repair broken men and it means so much when you get older you like yeah, people are stuck in their ways. They're not listening. But kids are like a sponge. Let's have these kids around these business leaders that we should have been around when we were young, right? Let's have them knowing about these businesses that we didn't know about. We didn't know anything about 
um, a sports agent. We didn't know anything about um, architect. We didn't, we just want to play, you know, in the darn arena. Let's talk about building the arena. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the people that. Let's talk about people that's building the ring. Let's talk about people that's working there that can put you in those places to pick the next draft pick. We're not talking to the kids about that. We're just talking about, you know, go drill the basketball. Or if you can't, just go, you know, the highest level we had was be a doctor. And I was like, I'm not good with medicine. But if we all know everything is a business, this pen right here, it was a business. It's a business. It's somebody I did, right? Everything yeah. we have around us is somebody I did, and they just put into a business as well as dribbling that basketball, designing that basketball. I just tell these kids so many things they can do yeah. just to have them to level up and do something else. No, did I answer your question? You did, you did, and more, <laughs> and, and but very relative. And it's funny, you know, I think about, you know, people and growing up and their different experiences. And mine was, I had the exposure to all those things. What I didn't get was, what do I do once I get in the room? You know, so I kind of lived a life where now we have a term for it, right? Imposter syndrome. And so I lived a life where I was exposed and people would drop me in the room, but nobody told me what to do when I got there. And so I think that, yeah, you know, what does that look like? You know, what does it mean to go in and, well, I could talk to people, right? But I wanted to, what I now know is that I needed to be able to, I needed the tools to have conversations that would help me do something else, right? And not not to use someone or, you know, abuse that relationship, no. but appropriately networking, you know, as you said. And I think I think what you're talking about um, is necessary, but it's also, we also need to do the additional part for the child who's going all these places, right? So mm-hmm. we're, t- we're putting them in the room, we're, they're going all these places, they're doing this thing. You're here, and where what you said is so important. How do we have this conversation now? So now I'm in the room. What do I do? You know, now we are. You know, I'm providing the the opportunity for kids to go and see these different things. And now, like, absolutely, you need to own it. <laughs> own that building that everyone's coming to sit in and watch the games. And I think what you're doing is profound uh, within itself. And allowing kids to hear you make those statements because, you know. I think the the thing that was powerful for me hearing you was, you know, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, often, more yeah. often than not, you know, we see different things, but now, okay, this is where you are. And so what are you going to do? Where, with, where are you going to do with the information you have and where you are currently? And I think you do a phenomenal job with that. So I'm excited that you saw an opportunity to impart that type of wisdom on our youth. So let's, let's be a little more personal if you can. Oh man, I thought it was personal, but go ahead. <laughs> it was, I it was but I, I want. I thought I, I want to. I want to. I, I travel. To I'm from Augusta. We got nah. problems, but you know. <laughs> but there's more to your story, and you know, if someone was to you know try to understand, I think we all come from something, right? And and the, where we come from and the things that we experience build the people that we are today. So if you were going to tell your story. Where, where, at what point in your story would you start? If you were to write a book or someone ha- have someone write it for you, at what part of your life would you begin that story? And would you write it or would you have someone else write it? First of all, I'm a terrible writer, so somebody else will write it. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell my friends, like, oh, put, put your sauce on this paper for me. Because I was like, I'll say when I write like Nikki walk down the street, they'll be like Nikki walked down a bumpy road that messed up her feet. 
I don't add that. I don't add the adjective. I'm like, here it is. That's where we at. Verb <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> Subject verb. Subject verb agreement. We're good. So you, so you have someone write it, but where, at what point in your life would you start the story? I will always go back to my childhood because you know, no, like me, I didn't, I didn't have that opportunity. Like you say, you were in those roles. I was dying to get in those roles. I was intrigued, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the opportunity. To, so I would go back to like childhood, not having a lot. Like um, my mom, she raised three kids on her own. I sound like Tupac at first. <laughs> hey, I watched this documentary recently. That's a, that's a very like, profound story. They just do kids on their own. <laughs> but no, my mom raised three kids on her own. Father wasn't there. Um, but I knew my father. He was he was still an absent father, I would say. I knew who he was, but was he there in the household every time I need him, every time we did something? No. He was there at times. He would come around a room, I mean, around the house at times. So I would go back to my childhood years, talking about I was in a C, I was a C student, barely getting by, um, dealing with dyslexia and just trying to make do. But I was always intrigued, always wanting to know what was on the other side. So that was helping me out when I had other background, other ethnicities in my um, school. Want to know what's going on with them? Why they, you know, why they have new shoes or why they, uh, why they have the Mercedes Benz they're driving? Um, why are they having these big houses that we go by and we see them? So I would start right there. I would start from I would say always middle school, going up to college, going to an HBCU. And then going to DC, that's when the vision came to me for future successors. Even though the vision came to me at Washington, DC, I didn't act upon it until I went to um, New York and my supervisor, she made me mad because God gave me the vision in DC, but I didn't act on it right then and there. I was still wanting to have fun. I wanted a party. I was like, yeah, God, I got you. I got you. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna live my life. And then I just got older and start seeing the downfall was is just these kids don't have that opportunity like others do. And they have the lack of resp- uh, resources like others do. But they can just be as strong and as powerful as the next person if they had those opportunities, they had those resources. And if they were intrigued, but nobody never tapped into their minds that you can be intrigued. You can be that person in that room. And when you're in that room, own that room and let them know who you are. Don't change that person you are. So that's what I do with my kids. I build up that confidence level in them. And a lot of people say, Nikki, you don't even have kids. I was like, I don't, but I, I'm like Snoop Dogg. It ain't, I know, I'm like Snoop Dogg. It ain't no fun my homies can't have nothing. Like, I can go around the world <laughs> Absolutely. and see everything. Absolutely. But I look to the left, I look to the right, and I'll have people that look like me there. And it's so sad and so disheartened. So, to answer your question, I'll go back to middle school with my um, challenges, just dealing with, um, you know, absent father in the household, dealing with dyslexia, but making sure that I'm a C student, um, always being intrigued with what's going on, always pushing myself, and always being around positive people. And, you know, at a young age, just wanting to be out there and see the world differently. And then when I got older, God gave me a vision but I didn't want to act upon it as soon as he gave it to me. And even when I fully, 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 four years ago, jumped out there and went full-time future successors, I was scared. You know how we say do it scared? 
Yep. And I was scared. And some days I still get scared, but I was like, I trust you, God. And it's been four years. I haven't changed up the lifestyle I live. Maybe I, I probably, yeah, enhanced it because I done traveled different countries, even though I had traveled countries when I was still working in corporate America, but I can take more time and do more things now yeah. and go and have fun. So my story to answer your question will start middle school. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable and, you know, sharing something so um, so sacred about your life. I think that when we are vulnerable and when we're willing to share some of those things that some people maybe, you know, feel ashamed of or not as proud of or unsure about how it will be received, I think you create a powerful moment for others. And, you know, to your point about, you know, sharing sharing your gift, which I believe you are absolutely doing, or provide an opportunity to for other people to get what you're getting um, happens when you do share your story. Letting people know that it's not, it hasn't been all of those things or crystal stare, as they would say. And so I thank you for just being vulnerable and sharing that piece. So you said something and it made, of course, you know, I love my HBCU. I love HBCU. I said that. <laughs> you, you didn't say you love my HBCU, but you did say you went to an HBCU. And so, and I absolutely love that, you know, the HBCU circuit, the-, the I the, can say this, that wasn't my first choice. So that was gonna be my question. How <laughs> oh, okay. Was it, how was it, in, how did you come to choose an HBCU or how was it, in, how, um, the question was, how important was it for you to choose an HBCU? Um, okay, so first, going off to college, I want to go to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I want to go to Atlanta, Georgia. So I want to go to Georgia State. Um, didn't get accepted in Georgia State. And I was like, damn, I can't get in Georgia State. Where from? <laughs> I was like, so it was other schools. Um, I had Georgia Southern, Benedict, Albany, Albany State, as well as South Carolina State. And I never visit any of these schools. Actually, I didn't even visit Georgia State. Nope, never visit any school, any. So I was like, all right, Georgia State didn't accept me. Georgia Southern, I really don't want to go there. They had to accept me, but I didn't want to go there. Um, Albany, I didn't really want to go there because one of my friends was there. Because I wanted to go somewhere that I didn't know anybody. And it was an HBCU called South Carolina State. I never heard about South Carolina State, but one time. My friend, she was part of the debutante, and they went to a football game there. And she came back chatting one of their things. It was called Get Up For These Bulldogs. Get up for the bulldog. So I'm just like, she's in class, she's like, get up for the I'm like, what's that? Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it was HBCU and they accepted me. And I was like, should I go here? <laughs> and then I thought about it, I was like, well, I don't know anybody for one. So that's one thing I want to do. So go there. Cause Georgia Southern, I knew people. Albany State, I knew people. And what's the other, Benedict. I didn't, I don't want to go Benedict. I was like, nah, I don't want to do <laughs> Sorry, Benedict. You have, probably have great people, but <laughs> you just didn't have me. <laughs> oh, South Carolina State was on the table and I was like, let me go there. And one thing I went there is because all my life, even though I said in high school, I went to a predominantly white institution, but actually from elementary school all the way to um, high school, I went to a predominantly white institution. So I was like, let me go to an HBCU and see how, you know, being around my people is. Mm -hmm. um, I can, we can laugh about it now. When I first went to South Carolina State, I was like, 
Mom, I want to go to George Southern. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a culture shock? Yes. <laughs> I had a culture shock. I learned what people would say in my um in my in my hometown because I went to the school that had predominantly, you know, more white people. But all my other friends from uh, they went to an all black high school and they would say, Oh, your school got this talking about my own white high school. So I didn't know it was like a big thing. Like, oh y'all got a big gym. Oh y'all got um y'all computers work. Oh, y'all got a big parking lot for y'all students, <laughs> for y'all students on the park at. And in my head, I'm like, what do you mean? Don't every right. school has this? This? And then I went to an HBCU. I was like, oh, <laughs> less opportunity. Oh, like, I see, I see. <laughs> but going to an HBCU made you resilient, though. I would tell you that. It made you work with it made you think about things. It made you work with the stuff that you have and make the best of it. So, I mean, that's how we came up with a lot of inventions from black people, right? Okay. We got the traffic light, right? We use it every day. Yep. Um, George Washington Carver, he didn't invent peanut butter, but he did the peanuts and peanuts are everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, just The refrigerator, the, the actual mobile cooler was invented by a black person. The ice cream, so, so many things to your point, yes. Yeah, so there you go. So um, it was a culture shock for me. Yes, I grew up in a black neighborhood, but I went to a white mm-hmm. high school, and that's where I spent majority of my time. You know, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, my neighborhood doesn't have a lot, but my high school has it all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when I went to, you know, HBCU, I was like, oh, my school don't have it all, and my neighborhood, we got it. So I'm like, dang, I gotta go get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did that shape you as an individual and, and, you know, as an employee? Cause you know, eventually you had to go work, you had to leave and get a job. Well, it actually, it really helped me in corporate America and it helped me to this day. Um, like you say, what do you do when you get in the room? So I was exposed to talk to people outside of my um, background. So outside of my peers outside. So it was, I wouldn't say, when I went to corporate America, it was easy, but I was I was able to adjust better than others because when other black people, that mean, because when I went to um, corporate America and I just started talking to people and black people come up to me like, uh, you know them like that? I'll be like, no, but they're your coworkers. So they ask me a question and I'll elaborate. You know, we talked about other stuff. So I just sparked a conversation with them. Yeah. And you know, people was like, hmm. They would always say, hmm, like, mm-hmm. or like, you don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> so, well, some people don't, or they choose not to. Yeah, but I mean, I saw the stigma in the black community that, you know, and corporate America is, first of all, it's not a lot of us in the, in the workplace. And if we do talk, we're going to talk to people that look like us. I mean, it's, it's just natural. Everybody wants to talk to somebody that looks like them. White person wants to talk to white person, so they look like them. Um, it's just natural. So when you step outside of your element, people don't want to do that. And But I was just used to it. I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Because I was always intrigued. I want to learn from people and see how they got to other places that I can that I wasn't there at that time. So, yeah. Oh, that's dope. What, did I answer your question? <laughs> you did. You did. So, do you have a personal mission? A personal mission? 
Oh, I have so many missions, but at the end of the day, my personal mission is just to leave this earth better than what I came in at. So appropriate. So if you were to share, you know, I have my friends and I call them my really close friends and they're, they're my elite eight. If you were to- Your elite age or elite eight? Elite eight. My it's eight of y'all. It's eight. Yes. Okay. Yes. In, everybody doesn't have to have eight. But if you had your starting lineup, who would be in your starting lineup and, and why? And you don't have to name them necessarily. It's totally up to you. But if you had to name those individuals in your starting lineup, who are they and why are they there? Um, Of course, my mom, because she's going to nurture me. She's going to get me through it, right? Um, I would have my brother, because he always had my back. He's my biggest supporter. Um, My oldest brother, that is. He's my biggest supporter. Um, It's a lot of my friends. You said you're elite eight, right? Um, well, it doesn't have to be eight. I happen to have eight. No, 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 no. It'll be there. And then there'll be friends. I ain't, I'm not going to name them like that because, you know, I don't want to limit myself. <laughs> I want to block my blessings. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to. But, you know, you, but you have those people who. But I would have my friends that, yeah, my brother, my mom, but I have my friends that always, uh, one of my friends that's always given me the hard truth. I'll make sure that they're in my elite eight so I can hear it. I have one of my friends that's being logical that will give me the hard truth, but will give me logic around that hard truth. So you'll give, yeah, I have that one friend that always wants to give you hard truth because most of the times they're not going to hear what you got to say. Mm-hmm. But I will have that friend that's logical, that will hear what I have to say, that will hear me out, that will give me the hard truth if I'm seeing it wrong, but be logical and say where I got there. So I have that person. So that's number four. Um, I'll have a party person because I always gotta have somebody that just wanna get get it going just like me. Yeah. Um, and then I'll have um, my finance person, that person that will always make sure my books are together because that is not my strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll have the seventh person will be um, just somebody that will be there. Uh, that's my other cheerleader because my brother can only do but so much, but I need somebody else that be that cheerleader for me. Um, so finance, cheerleader, party person, hard truth, n- nurturing my mother. Um, because they all, all of them will encompass and will have a spiritual part of them. So they will always be. So all the person that, everybody will have a spiritual part of them. So somebody I can lean on and talk to, like, all right, you're my logical person, but now I need to talk to you about the God in you. Mm-hmm. So all of my person will have the God in them. I like the way you twisted that answer because the people that I've asked previously, you know, they didn't necessarily choose eight, but they had a number in mind and they named everyone for a specific purpose, but you, already decided the categories that were necessary for your lineup. So I think that's beautiful the way you stated that. That's, that's really cool the way you did Did that. somebody have a party person though? Did nobody have a party person? No, that's what I mean. So no, people didn't have categories as ideas. Uh-huh. They had people in their life that were there for whatever reason. And so you well, we know people created categories and I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, awesome. because people for seasons because um you know, you want people in your life for all, but you know, 
only thing that's guaranteed in life is death. So when they, you know, gone on, who else will be there to carry that torch? So love it. No, that's awesome. <laughs> who believes in you the most? Uh, Nikki Watson. <laughs> no, that's good. That's awesome. Yes, Nikki Watson. However, my mom, she believes in me and my brother. So those are always the first two people because my mom, she's um, nurturing, she's there. And then my brother, he's my big cheerleader. So they really believe in me. But at the end of the day, I believe in myself because sometimes we don't see other idols of the two. And I said, like, I don't care. I'm spoiled and I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it and you don't have to. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for stopping right here on my believe train. Right. I'm about to keep going. <laughs> Here's your stop. Thank you. <laughs> Share one word to describe yourself. Uh, phenomenal. I would agree. Okay. Really? Yeah, for sure. To whom much is given, much is required. What comes up for you when you hear that that verse? Basically, is that you got to be comfortable with being discomfortable, right? Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Sorry, be comfortable being uncomfortable because the vision that you have or that God gave you is never going to be an easy road. So we know that more is coming out of you than what you have than what you think you have in you. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I feel like that's my life story. <laughs> Every day I wake up, I'm like, all right, Lord, what's in store today? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I interviewed someone else, uh, and the word that resonates when, when she and I con- converse is obedience. And it sounds like that's what you've been doing from the beginning when you made the choice. Well, the first time, you know, you heard from God and you didn't listen and then you immediately knew like, I got to do this thing now. You know, I'm not, you're not necessarily being obedient to what you know was on your heart and what you had to do. But when you made that choice, that your cup was running over. And it seems like it continues to do that because you chose to be obedient. Would you agree with that? I would, yeah. Yeah. Who is the person in the trenches that gets the least amount of credit for you? Uh, I'm doing it today, giving him a lot of credit, but my brother, he doesn't get as much credit as he thinks he does. He gets a lot. I told him, at one point in time, at one point in time, I told him that, hey, one of the reasons why I started Future Success is because the stuff that he showed me when I was young. My brother was always into black community. Um, he studied Islam for a minute. He always, you know, and coming from Augusta, when you're outside of the norm like you know you're a black person you're living in hip hop you're doing this but it's like what's that Islamic stuff you're talking about or what's that you know you're down for your people and stuff like that and he would show me that and then also he would show me you know natural healings like hey do this for yourself do that for yourself and black people we were going to McDonald's we wanted the super value meal we didn't care about that stuff so we didn't care about it so um he really introduced me to think different even though he doesn't think that he did but yes he did oh i love my big brothers too (laughs) (laughs) so many i have two big brothers and they distinctively show me stunts they distinctively show me things i take away two distinct different things from 
from both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing like having a big brother to show, having big brothers um, to show you something and see how it plays out in your life. Especially when yeah. you have, you know, a great impact. So I love the fact that it's your brother and I love the fact that you're realizing it's time to kind of show him that. Like, you looked out. <laughs> you did. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah, it's never too late to get flowers, right? You definitely want to give them while they can smell them and, and um, breathe them in. So, because yeah, okay. if you like, if any of my friends hear me say that, they'd be like, yeah, she right, she right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not like, it's me, it's me. Then they'd be like, okay. so are you currently inspiring the group you intended to inspire and if not who else would be on your list of people or groups of people to inspire um i am inspiring that group however i still want to dig more in the trenches yes i'm at title one schools yes um i'm helping kids out after school yes i'm in the impoverished neighborhood the only thing is like some of those kids that still can't be in the program or can't do it because they have to go home and babysit their little brother. Um, those are the ones I really want to get to. And those are the ones that, you know, they don't know about those resources because they work, um, they work at school and then have to go home, babysit their little brothers and sisters. Those are the ones I really want to get to. If you were, and are you working towards figuring out how to do that? Nope, I haven't worked towards it. But I will. I put it out there in the universe, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know you will. I mean, because I do have I do have some kids that are there, but it's still some that are not. Yeah. You know? And I know that I can't save the whole world, but I know when I see some of them, like, oh, Miss Vicky, hey, how you doing? And they're like, I got to go here. And I talk to them. I was like, they can be in the program. They don't have to pay nothing. And they still can't make a way for them to get there. I was like, eh, I can't, I can't go pick them up. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, cause, cause I got other kids. I got twenty five more at this school. Like, I can't. Yeah. Well, you can't do it all. You know what I mean? We, we yeah. hear that. And when you're passionate, like, um, like you, it is hard to hear that you can't reach them all because you feel like it's absolutely possible. You know, <laughs> it is absolutely possible. And maybe, you know, you, well, something that you do do is you connect with others who possibly can't, can do the work that you're not able to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Reach that group. And so you do a great job of using that network to, to spread the word and expand your, um, <clears throat> and spread your wings. So I, I truly commend you for doing that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. This part of the show is called Finish These Statements. So I'm going to say a statement. Oh, wow. Hold so, on. Let me sit up straight. Get ready. <laughs> You're Let good. Alert. You are good. Look, my hand's on the buzzer. <laughs> no. no buzzer needed. I promise you just feeling the statement. <laughs> All right. I am. One of a kind. My why is. To help others. People think I am, but I am really. People think I am bubbly, but I am really bubbly. (laughs) (laughs) I am what I am. (laughs) Exactly. I get really nervous when. When I gotta speak to people, even though it's so natural, I still don't like it. Were you speaking publicly, like on on a platform, or when you are speaking directly to people, like one on one? Both. Both both 
even though I can do it naturally, like one-on-one platform, a little bit more nervous, um, but I already have in my head my first two sentences in my head, and then after that, whatever comes after that. So that what helps me out speaking in public, because I already have the first two sentences in my head and then flow with it. Um, but I still get nervous um, speaking, period. Gotcha. So if people want to figure out or learn more about future successors and how to become a member, how would they do that? How can they reach out to you? And what's the That was it? No more questions? I thought I was ready for more. Man, what's my favorite food? I don't know. Help me out. Color. I can't keep you all night. You've been trying to go to bed in a little bit. I will. I will because I was thinking about it before you called me. I was like, ooh, please hurry. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yes, you can reach out to me. Go on the website, um, www.futuresuccessors.org. That's spelled F-U-T-U-R-E. S-U-C-C-E-S-S-O-R-S dot org. And you can reach out, find me right there. You'll have my phone number, my email. And once you shoot something, I will shoot it back to you. All right. And then how much you have to be a member, is that correct? To join future? Yes. Okay. Yes, you have to be a member to join. And once you join, log in with me for life. For life. And how much is it to be a member? Um, $24 a month. $24 a month. Okay. You heard it here on Documenting Dreams with Miss Nikki Watson of Future Successors, Inc. She's out here building minorities, CEOs, CFOs, COOs, any other C-suite. <laughs> any other C-suite. Come see Miss Nikki Watson at Future Successors. I am so grateful for this time that we had together today. Thank you for being my guest. Um, it is absolutely an honor and a pleasure to spend this time with you and learn more about your dreams and your goals and you know where Future Successors came from and where you came from. So I hope that one day I'll have you back and you'll tell us about how you were able to reach the unreachable and <laughs> and the path that you continue to um, walk on my prayer is that you know you'll put the footsteps in the ground and others will follow so thank you so much for being here thank you for having me